Right, so the three Lions scraped through as group winners and will meet old rivals Germany in the next round. We'll be shitting our pants over that on the Cork Hill Network. And here's Gascoigne. Brilliant play! Oh! Take a bow for that! Welcome to Shearer's Island, part of our Euro 2020 series. I'm Danit, and I'm joined by Dan. Hiya. And Kev. Evening. Evening. And... Hey? <laughs> what? Is there an echo? I forgot to speak into the mic. Okay. Stop plugged into <laughs> your headphones so you just, Jack again, is it? So you no. just thought you'd say it twice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and eight pints deep, Tom's with us. Oh, do. Back from his holiday in Skeg Vegas. No, it was actually a North Norfolk, mate. It was a uh, quite a posh. Took out like Southampton. Oh yeah. Do you know what annoyed me? They, they didn't have the two p machines. You know the ones where you used to whack two p in and you bet on the horses. Oh, they were fantastic. They were my favourite ones, and they're literally just the ones that you just basically just plow money into and just wait and sit and get. Just watch it pile up. Yeah, but. To be fair, 19-month-old lad loved it. He literally was just like, you know, when you're watching, you're thinking, you're just spunking money away here, kid. But, you wait until he's older, though, and he realises then that machines are actually built, them trays are actually on slopes. They've got you, they have your pants down with that because you put all the coins in, they're not going anywhere because they're going uphill. <laughs> do, you know, do, you know the mo- do you know the most money I won was uh, <laughs> we'd put the money in and then I went to get up, and because I'm like, other side of 30, you sort of go, <laughs> and I rested my hand on the machine to help myself get up. And as I did that, a load of money just went, nice. just and that, that, that clunk of all those, all that money probably resulted in about what, 18 pence. I'll be honest with you. It still feels great though, doesn't it? It's the sound of victory. Yeah, but it's it's a bit difficult to claim sound of victory when you're struggling to stand up off the floor, isn't it? Yeah, that's a fair point. One thing I did used to love about the arcade was that game um, with the. It was like that. I think it was like one of the original first-person shooters, Time Crisis. Oh my oh, god, yeah. what a banger! It was so good, wasn't it, back in the day? A bloke, you know how basically any time Gary Lineker tweets something. Everyone just says, shat on this, shat on that, because he shat on the pitch that time. <laughs> Basically, we were out on a work do, and we are just chatting, and we are all talking about how great time crisis is. And one bloke we were with just decided to message Gary Lidico out of the blue and just went, shat on time crisis. <laughs> <laughs> it made no sense, and literally all night we were just howling about the fact that he was just like, I hope Gary Lidico's read that. <laughs> just flicking through them all and then shut on time crisis right so who's going to get on twitter now and message gary lineker shit on shears island come on who's up for it a private message or on his wall can you on private his... message him no nah, he'll have his dms close surely <laughs> i really hope it's <laughs> uh, shat on shears island <laughs> <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> That's amazing. Well done, Kev. <laughs> Great work, Kev. <laughs> See if we right. uh, could reply. I'd love it if he replied. 
because yours was the straw that broke the camel's back. And it's just like, <laughs> I've had enough had of enough. this. I can't stand it. Anyway, on to the podcast. Let's start with uh, Scotland. They finished rock bottom of a, a group that also featured a badly formed, out of form England, a past it Croatia side, and Czech Republic. But they do go home with the draw with England trophy. So, I don't know, round of applause for Scotland, don't you think? Like I said, as long they went out, didn't they, wanting to actually get a result against us. That was their tournament. That was their final. And you see them on Twitter now, the fans, they're still so bitter about it. And, yeah, it's. Uh, I think they got what they wanted to achieve. Not that it done them any good. Yeah, but to wait for 23 years to get to a tournament just just for that. I did see a video online, uh, even the football hooligans can't hit the target, and it was a lad, he went to volley a, a picnic bench and missed. <laughs> you see the, I the saw naked, that, yeah. You see the naked bloke just diving into fountains and then getting shipped off by the police as well. No, I didn't hear about this. Basically, just some pissed up Scotland bloke who's... I don't know why I said Scotland bloke rather than Scottish bloke, but yeah, he basically just decided to get naked and then there was just like clips of him just popping up here, there and everywhere, just start bollock, just like jumping into lakes and jumping into fountains. And then it ended with him just being handcuffed by the police and just quietly shipped off. We're actually recording this on the day before the 25 year anniversary of the Euro 96 semi-final. So it's been 25 years of hurt. 25 years. It's crazy, isn't it? So there's almost as much time since then to now as there was from Euro 96 to the World Cup 66. No. That's crazy when you think of it like that. I saw the picture, you know, the famous picture of uh, Andreas Muller with his hands on his hips. Dick. Giving it the big one. Still to this day, I hate that man. I was like 10 years old when that that cracked off. I'd not even been born by the time that tournament was happening. You better hate him as well. Of course, of course. That's, that's just absolutely blew my mind. You know no, more the fact that it was 25 years from 66 to 96. Well, it was, thir- well, it was 30 years. Yeah, but not... Yeah. A- <laughs> 25 years of hurt. Never stop me dreaming. <laughs> I say the time was almost... Almost, almost oh. yeah. But yeah, I still remember that tournament like it was yesterday and it's still my favourite tournament I just remember everything about it being being great and then it ended in that horrific way that it did with Gaza missing that opportunity and then obviously Sackett's penalty and do you know what gets me do you know what gets me most with it right so even now you watch Gaza's one and I still do that thing, you know, where you jump up and your hands go to your head, even though you know he's not going to get there. Yeah, because it, it just looked like... But people forget Darren Anderton missed an open goal and hit the post. That Because that because was, it was Gaza. golden goal, wasn't it? And yeah, but Gaza was Anderton's, one of the best players in the world. Anderton's was in golden goal. Or was it? Yeah, it was extra time. Anderton hit the post from an it's open goal. I still remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> Don't remember no, that at all. So, yeah, so obviously it was you know 25 years since that and who we got next germany but i reckon they're there for the taking when when they played their last group game um alongside uh portugal and, and france at one stage in like a 10 minute period or something daft like that we were playing everyone in that group at some point because the results were changing um who do you reckon was the best case scenario out of that four? Oh, obviously, people are going to say Hungary, 
side, but I was actually twitching a little bit about Hungary because I was I was just thinking back to Iceland. Hungary, we'd have nah, we wouldn't have made that mistake again, would we? I don't think so. so. Have you seen any of the games? I don't think so. I don't feel good about Germany. I really don't. When's the last time we beat Germany in a competitive game? Obviously, we beat them in friendlies recently, but like. Was that the 5-1? Was that the last competitive win? Probably was. I think it was. Yeah, how long ago was that? 2001, I think. 20 years. Uh, I, I just don't think we've shown enough. Germany, mm. I mean, they, they looked poor against France. They looked good against Portugal. I'll give, I'll give you that. But against Hungary, they got, they got pushed right to the wire, didn't they? Yeah, but... Uh... Hungary had everything to do, and I think they they were spurred on by the fact that obviously they got their point against against France, which no one expects them to get. So you know, they basically went out with with, with nothing to lose and, and balls to the wall. Whereas Germany were a bit complacent in that game because they probably just expected to to dick them. Yeah, I guess it's same with uh, us v Iceland, wasn't it? I suppose there's that arrogance that the big nations have when they go against the smaller nations, but at the same time. There was just a little bit of me that was thinking, oh no, like Hungary's not going to be good. And I think out of out of all of them, obviously I would have preferred Hungary, of course I would. But out of the three, the three main ones, I think Germany at the minute is our best case scenario because although I think eleven to eleven we're better than Portugal, Portugal just there's just something about them we just will never beat them. I'd have took Portugal out of the lot of them. I don't it's, think Portugal. It's Ronaldo. Yeah, I don't think Portugal have looked a good side. They haven't no. at all. Like, like out of all of the games, yes, <laughs> Hungary actually drew with Germany and France, then got beat three 0 by Portugal. But actually, of all the games, they pretty much matched Portugal just as much as the rest. Like, like, I don't know. I, me personally, I think that this England side would has the potential is probably the best way to phrase it to tear Portugal a new arsehole. Like Ronaldo isn't the player that people are talking. About. He scored three penalties, so it skews the stats a bit. It's like Harry Kane winning the Golden Boot. Yeah. Harry, Harry, Harry Kane winning the Golden Boot. Yeah, I, I it's not just the goals for me for Ronaldo. Of course, he's not the player he was, but. At the same time, I just think with our team selections the way they've been, and you know, it's it not we look like we lack ambition. I don't That's know. I thing. just think I just think Portugal would pick us off, to be honest. But I don't think so. Um, me personally, I would have I would have rather played Portugal than Germany because I think that the four three three that Portugal play suits what England would play against them. No, Portugal are more of a team that I think they're more of a shit house team where the whole team is a bit of a shit house. We're more likely to go out because of their dirty style of play than what we would be against Germany, I think. I'd rather play Germany in that sense. For me, it's it's all about the omen. Like it's, as soon as you get Germany in a big tournament, you always just think like they always seem to do it against us in in the big games. It's uh, I just, I just I just don't want it. It's it's destined to go to pens. And then you look yeah. at the penalty record and, and we've won, like, what is it, two of seven. And Germany only ever lost their first one and that was 70 years ago and they've won every single one since. So it's, 
uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not best pleased about it, but at the same time, if we can somehow miraculously get past Germany, then the only big game after that would potentially be the Netherlands in, in the semi-final. And that gives me a bit of hope. That's insane when you think about it. Like, you know, what a great opportunity we've got here. Uh, all we need to do is get past one of the, you know, the big boys in the next round. And I think it's very easy to get carried away and think, oh, we beat Germany. Like, Sweden look a better Burnley, if you know what I mean. You, on paper, you look at it and yeah. you go, oh, they're not great. But they, they, they settle to not be to get be, beat well. And, and Ukraine will be exactly the same. Do you know what I mean? I think you can cack out your chickens before you've, like, I don't know how to end that sentence, to be honest with you, but, you know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> you ever see a trailer park, boys, where they, they, none of them can get the, the, the old sayings right, can they? Yeah, no, I just think from a, on paper, let's just say, we've not oh, got yeah, a yeah. chance in this, but... On chat the... uh, manager, we'd be in the best side of the draw. Champ manager, 2001-2002, we're in the side of the draw that you'd want to be on. <laughs> We won't talk too much about the Czech Republic game because obviously it was a few days ago. For you, Tom, really, because obviously you weren't on the last couple of podcasts because obviously you were smashing those two P machines. But where are you at with Southgate on the Southgate in Auto Meter? Honestly, I want him gone. We've got some of the best attacking players that we've got that genuinely feel like they could gel as a team. So, you know, you look back and you look at like. It basically is Sven Mark too. You know how people look back and you go, oh, Lampard, Lampard and Gerrard and all that bullshit. The reality of it is it should have been Lampard or Gerrard and someone should have been brave enough to to make that call or gone. It's Rooney or Owen. That, like, you couldn't fit the players we had into a 4-4-2. I don't understand the limited time Jaden Sancho has got. Well, it's weird, isn't it? Because obviously he's a 77 million player at the minute. That's his. That's what Manchester United are willing to pay for him. But you can't get a game, can he? I feel like he is making decisions and substitutions that make his life easier. I don't want to be a Harry Kane basher because I actually think he is a brilliant player. For us to go far in the tournament, we need Harry Kane to be scoring goals. But the reason I think he's not brought Calvert-Lewin on in those games is because if Calvert-Lewin comes on and scores against Scotland, or Calvert-Lewin comes on and scores against Czech Republic, all of a sudden, he's got a horrible decision to make that I don't think he's got the balls to make. So he just decided, I won't make that decision. I won't bring him on. And I've not got a decision to make. And in which case, I can bring Rashford on and people will go, oh, it's Marcus Rashford. And Marcus Rashford never played as a centre-forward. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It's, It's like... Well, I've I've done this. I can I can spew an excuse in to justify why I've done it, and I actually think it's a load of old fucking nonsense. I'm I'm full suit because I don't think that like for us to win it, what we needed to do was get on a roll, and you know get like scoring goals and a bit of momentum and a bit of like right, this is actually going to happen. And if we beat Germany, is he then going to go right? Well, carry on in whatever vein that we beat Germany. In. I I just don't think it's going to happen. I think. I think we'll get knocked out in the semis, potentially. I, I do think we'll beat Germany. Um, but yeah, I think we'll get knocked out in the semis and people will go, he's done such a good job. But has he? I don't think he has. That's the thing. I mean, to be fair, you know, even if the FA are, are listening to Shearer's Island, which of course they are, but the, he's got a job regardless until the World Cup. They've said that. So even if we get slapped 8-0 by Germany, 
he's got a job regardless, which I think is a ridiculous decision to make when there could potentially be other options out there. But that aside, I mean, obviously, I'm a little bit weary at the minute because obviously it's Germany. But that aside, I think we've got the potential to beat them. I genuinely think 11 to 11 on our day is better than them. But it's, for me, Southgate's the weak link. Um not a fan of Southgate either at the minute but I think we do for we need to be careful because I think we do sound quite negative uh yeah it hasn't been impressive but don't forget we've gone through that group stage now we haven't conceded a goal yeah we've looked poor on the attacking front but don't forget the first episode we were sat here and we were all saying defense is our our weakest link that's what's going to let us down we also said said midfield and goalkeeper we're our weakest link, didn't yeah, we? I think. Forward. And really, like I say, we've we've sat here a couple of episodes now, and we've complained about Kane. We've complained, and we do sound quite negative. Like I say, it hasn't been brilliant football. It hasn't been overly entertaining. To be fair, though, that's a good point. We're the only team alongside Italy who haven't yet conceded the goal. I think I'm right in saying. But bear in mind as well, on the flip side to that, we're also, I think, the the worst group winners for goals scored. I don't think any other teams won a group in scoring only two goals. I'm pretty sure I heard that or read that somewhere. So it works both ways, doesn't it? I, for me, we've scraped through. I mean, it might sound a bit of a cliche, but the way we beat Germany is by scoring goals. And that's what we haven't done. I think we've got to go out and we've we've just got to change our attacking style. We've got to do something. Everywhere else has been perfect, hasn't it, when you look at it. But it's just been that lack of threat. Again, you're back to Kane. I wouldn't start him, but he has to start, doesn't he? He's going to come good though with Kane. That's the thing. You know, yeah. he's, you know he's the. You know, you don't win the golden boot and most assists in the Premier League season unless you're a top top striker. If you're Matt Hummels and you look and the England team sheet comes out and Calvert Lewin's up top or Kane's up top, which are you happier with? Exactly. Do you know what I mean? And I think when you get to this stage of the tournament, that actually does have some weight behind it, even though it feels like it shouldn't. The thing that concerns me is if we're going to go through and beat them, we are going to have to score more than one goal. Because I can't see them not scoring. So when we've only scored one goal in our, well, two goals in our group games, haven't we? That isn't going to be good enough. We can successfully see out results. We've proven that now. You know, game management is potentially a, a strong suit going forward. But when we come against these these bigger teams like Germany, you know, like potentially you know the Netherlands in in the semi, if we get there, it's it's all going to come down to having a bit of a cushion because we don't want what happened in in Russia in 2018 to happen again, where you know we take the early lead against Croatia. We try and see the game out because that's just what we do. And then it all goes tits up late in the game. We can't afford to do that this time. We, we we have to go out and attack Germany. And if we get the early goal, that's great. But we can't sit behind it. We just have to keep pushing and pushing and potentially leave ourselves a little bit open to, to try and get that extra goal. Because we, we have to. We will need that goal because something will happen late in the game. Someone will make a mistake. You know, potentially, you know, red cards. We're starting to see more of them in this tournament now. It's... We cannot rely on one goal wins for the rest of the tournament now. For me, I, I'm going with a one-all draw and then Germany to get the winner in extra time, 2-1. I'm going to say probably say the opposite 
a one all draw, but we're going to get the winner in extra time. Dan? It, it's, it's like you guys are saying, it's written in the stars, this goes to penalties. It's 2 2 for me, uh, and I think we take it on pens. Wow. I think we'll win in normal time, but I think it all depends on Calvin Phillips. As all like people talk about like the big players in the games, right? And literally Croatia, Calvin Phillips played further up the pitch than Declan Rice and he forced Modric back into like basically playing like a centre half almost and didn't let him influence the game. And then against Croatia, he also pressed out of the pitch. And against Scotland, he just sat next to Declan Rice. So I think if Calvin Phillips presses the Germany midfield and puts pressure on Tony Cruz, I think we'll win. If we set up in a negative mindset that Rice and Phillips, because it will be Rice and Phillips, play next to each other, we'll just let Germany take the game and I think we'll lose. I think the fact that Germany don't look to the team they were or are capable of being, I think this is, you know, our opportunity. I think a Grealish or a Foden, a big game for one of them. Hopefully. I think the big, think the big player that's gone underrated in the old tournament is John Stones. And I think that John Stones hates playing against a player that properly engages him and like makes it a physical battle. And I don't think Germany have that player who makes it so that John Stones is likely to make a mistake. So I think that John Stones will be able to keep Thomas Muller quiet, which Tom's tip of the week, Thomas Muller at trick after I've said that. <laughs> but I, yeah, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm confident that we can keep Germany, Germany quiet, but it all depends on how the mid, the midfield's got to be aggressive. And it doesn't matter who plays in that midfield. It just needs to be that they just get in the face and, I think Henderson has to, has to start. Well, let's, see, we need to talk about this then. Because obviously, you know, the back four is probably going to be unchanged. Harry Kane probably starts up top. But there's this five-man midfield. See, obviously, you know, have you said that you think it's probably going to be Rice and Phillips, but now you think Henderson has to start? I'll drop Rice. Who, who starts in midfield? I would drop Rice for and bring in Henderson. Uh, see, see, obviously, he brought Henderson on for half a game, didn't he? He brought him on at half-time, which makes me think that that's because he wants him to start the round of 16. But I honestly don't think he should. It, that second half against the Czechs was a lot worse. It, the performance overall was just not as good, not as well-rounded as the first half. And, and I don't know, Rice and Phillips look steady in midfield, whereas you compare it with, with Henderson, it's... It's mistake-ridden, and we're going to now rely on the biggest game in, what, last 20 years for England, or 10, if you go back to 2010. Now we're going to rely that all on Henderson, who spent half the season not playing at all, and the other half playing at centre-back relatively poorly. Yeah, but he's the biggest leader on the pitch, hands down. You, there's not, I think he's the biggest leader on the pitch. And for games like this, don't forget, he captained Liverpool to a Champions League and a Premier League title, back-to-back. Yeah, but that was two years ago. He's played centre-back. So he's used to these... You tried to forget it, Kev, but you keep he's, bringing it up. Mate. He's used to these big occasions. He's he done a job at centre-back for Liverpool when needed. Unless you're a Liverpool fan, people don't actually see what he does week in, week out. No, he's a fantastic player. I'm not. I'm not denying that, but he's not played properly since February. 
And even then, he wasn't playing in midfield. I think this is a big test for Southgate, isn't it? If Southgate goes Rice and Phillips, which is what he's been doing, and then asks Rice and Phillips to do what they did in the two games that we've won, fair play. I think if he turns around and starts bringing in Henderson, it just screams of all the old England managers that have just reverted to type. I just think, though, if things do go tits up, Henderson's the sort of person you want on that pitch to bring a bit of calm. Maybe if you want to look, bring him on for game management. More importantly than all of this, what shirt's everyone wearing for the game? Oh, I'd not thought about it, but I know which one I'm going to wear now. I've I wish I had the grey one. I've got yeah, a replica 66 right. one. That's what's going on, I think. I don't think I've wore that to an England knockout game. I've wore yeah. a lot of others where we've gone out. But yeah, I'm going to go with that, I think. I thought you'd go with the Euro 96 one. I have got that one. I think I've got uh, Corey Staines all down it from holiday. <laughs> but to be honest with you, I think I'll go, nah, it's England-Germany, oldest rivalry. Fuck it, let's go old school, back to when we actually had the upper hand. Oh, 55 years of earth. It's not got the same ring to it, though, that, has it, as a song. Dan, what are you going with? Plain white T-shirt, three lion balls, selling tapes on. Oh, what was that dickhead? I bet he he knew what he's doing, didn't he? He was like, I'm going to get internet famous. You'll see him applying for Big Brother next year. Can't <laughs> be doing that. I know, appreciate that. I mean, I might appreciate it a little bit more because Lion Bars are my favourite chocolate. But Oh, really? I've got to be honest. I do like the peanut butter ones, although you don't see them around anymore. No, I love a white. I love a, love a white Lion Bar. Well, someone else's favourite chocolate worse on the subject of confectionery. Whoa. I do like a crunchy. That's a poor choice, Kev, that. Once you just get stuck up all in your teeth. I'm fairly... I mean, if I go Tesco's and grab a meal deal, I'll mix it up most times with a different chocolate. I think I had a picnic today. Kit Kat peanut butter. Nice. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not overly fussy when it comes... I don't like dark chocolate. See, I didn't even know they still made picnics. I thought they died when they brought them out of celebration. No, they're still about, aren't they? But they're, they're not like they're not one of the favourites, I think. But I had an orange Yorkie the other day. It was quite nice. Yeah, I did actually. I picked one up on the way to work. I'm it wasn't too. Not bad. a big fan of Yorkie. I feel like Yorkie chocolate's quite bitter. Yeah, well, it's Nestle, isn't it? So it's, it's shit, pretty, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the cheaper version. It. It's not like Galaxy or Mars, is it? Or Cadbury, where it's one. Oh of yeah, God, I do like a Galaxy as well. Any chocolate. chocolate. I mean, I'm, yeah, I'm a, I do like chocolate. Tell you what I had earlier. I went, went. Uh, my dad won it in a raffle. Fuck it, I'll make myself sound right. Nottingham don't have. My dad won this in a raffle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he won a Toblerone, and fucking hell, that was good. Oh, Toblerone! I get one of them for Christmas every year. So they're amazing. Oh, yeah. Do they still it's make like... them though now with the big gap between them? Because they tried that, didn't they? Now they're well, a lot smaller now. This was the big fuck off one. It was like someone had basically smuggled it from an airport. Do you know what I mean? It was, oh God, it was fucking great. Yeah, I've got about Toblerone actually. I got because you that's my number one. Because you, you can't fucking buy them in the shop as well, can't you? So like you're always associating with good times. Normally you only ever see Christmas. them at an airport or Christmas. So you're either on your holidays or it's Christmas. I'm sure you can go to Tesco's and pick a Toblerone up. Yeah, but no one does though, Kev. You don't. You won't just walk into a supermarket and buy one for a normal occasion, will you? 
it has to be like for Christmas or something. But... You'll buy a birthday card and chuck the birthday card in the bin as you're leaving, don't you? Just so that the fucking person <laughs> still don't judge you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like look at just buying a Toblerone with normal groceries. People would be like, who's who's this nutcase? <laughs> Pretending you've been on holiday, are you? All right. <laughs> it's not Christmas now, Bellin. <laughs> what a great chat about confectionery. <laughs> Listen to Cork Hill Network's other podcast, Hold the Salad, where we <laughs> I'm sure we'll have a confectionery episode at some point. And if, if we cover, I mean, obviously we didn't want to get too bogged down the game. I think we've previewed Germany enough, unless we've missed anything. The only thing we missed out is like. If, if we want to do it, uh, who starts in midfield in terms of attackers? Did we not? I'm sure we covered that. I think pick, I, I think pick the five in midfield would be a good way of just like making it clean. Yeah, because the, the attack is, is like, always Harry Kane and like then defensive the, things. So. The, the, back, the, back the back five is going to be the back five. And I think we're all thinking of that. And Harry, Harry Kane... We've stuck the boot in a little bit, but let's be honest, Harry Kane's starting up front. He's got, he? he's got a start, hasn't he? He missed some sitters though, didn't he? I think, I think what we should do is say the five that we would go with, and then the five we think Southgate will go with, because I think they're they're very different things. Um, my opinion of the two are, are quite, yeah. I, I, I think the five that he will go with will be very different to the five that I would go with but the five I'd go with definitely ain't going to happen so it's a bit like of a nonsense statement if that makes sense well I'd, I'd go with uh, Sancho Fodden and um, Grealish and then just behind them I'd have Phillips and Rice yeah, South, and Southgate Rice. will go for uh, Southgate will go for Sterling regardless I think I think he has to though, doesn't he? As much as we've said, scored two goals. Yeah, I think he has to. I'm going to say, uh, say Sancho, but I think I think it has to be Sancho, Sterling, Grealish, Foden. I'm going to go for Henderson. Quite which, attacking five. Which I feel bad on. I feel bad on Phillips more than Rice. Um, I think I don't think Rice has done anything really outstanding. He hasn't. He's almost been unnoticeable, which isn't a bad thing. But so I mean, for me, it's it's Rice and Phillips. They've they've played well already this uh, this tournament, so I think they have to start in the uh, the defensive roles. And then the attacking three for me personally would be Foden, Grealish, and Mount. But he's not going to do that. He's going to start Sterling because he scored two scrappy shitty goals. Um, so I imagine he goes Foden, Sterling, and Mount. What I would do, but it's never going to happen, is I would play Henderson and Bellingham as my two. Because I think out of all of them, they've got big game players. Bellingham's played a lot of German football, knows the German style. Um, Henderson, I think that if we then played Rice or Phillips, as well as they both played, Phillips played in midfield for a team that finished ninth in the Premier League. Rice played in a team that finished seventh or wherever it was, West Ham finish, playing negative, stop you scoring football. Um, I'd, then, I'd then go Sancho, who I think is, I mean, the stats, you just can't lie with the stats. 
something like 23 assists, 11 goals or something stuff like that. Um, I'd then go Greedish and I'd go Mount. And it's a bit weird because I think Foden is probably technically better than a lot of them. I just don't think England play a style that suits Phil Foden at the moment. So I'd go with lots of legs, lots of energy, and that would be the five I'd play. What I think he'll play is Rice, Phillips, Sterling, Greenish, Foden. Because That's a good shout, though, about Bellingham playing, and obviously Sancho playing in the Bundesliga. It's uh, whether that comes into account or not. Have you heard, heard Joe Jim Lowe? He basically sort of said, well, if you don't want to play him, we'll give him a German passport and we'll play him every game. Yeah. <laughs> Which says all you need to know, really, doesn't it? Yeah. It just... I, I, that's that's what I would go with. I don't think Southgate will do, especially based on the fact that it's not a midfield five that has even had a remote look in. It'd be mental if he did that based on what he's done previously. But that would have been what I would have been gearing up for in the in the latter stages of the tournament, if it were me. So I, I would have Bellingham would have played every minute of every game because I think he's absolutely wonderful. And I think that Henderson is needed to make Bellingham the Patrick Vieira that we need him to be. I yeah, did make a laugh the other day on the group chat when we were talking about Southgate and you called him a Melvin. I've not heard that for so long. Melvin. It's brilliant. Well, he just fucking is, though, isn't he? He just looks like this. You know what he looks like? He looks like the sort of bloke that complains about stuff when he goes out for food. <laughs> yeah you know the time you know what I mean Kev this is but like but then won't ask for other food so he'd, he'd do the fucking dickhead thing of going my food's a bit cold and they go oh can we do anything for you no 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 it's, it's fine well don't fucking complain there, then though. I have to stop you there I'll make it right on that I mean not about the complaining but about the not getting food because if you go out for something to eat and you complain you, you don't know what you're eating. Has anyone seen a film called Waiting? Yeah. I don't think so. Exactly. Never complain about your food. Never. Life's lesson number one. Well, you've seen Road Trip, haven't you? Exactly, with the old French toast. Yeah. <laughs> Dirty old bastard. <laughs> Great film. <laughs> 